everybody and welcome to our Friday coffee chat with this little hot Here. cup. I'm Henrike with a hot coffee, co <laughs> with a hot coffee sitting on Tenerife today in the sun and I'm looking forward to talking to my friend. Margaret sitting in Washington DC with just getting bright outside. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers. Cheers. For today I had an idea. Um, because we've been asked that so much and it's a topic that is so big and it's the EU directive about pay transparency and um, yeah, so many questions about that. So I just was thinking that look at me as if I'm not Henrika, I'm just some kind of some company, any company. And I have this weird look in my face thinking, hey, come on, what is this EU directive about? Could you just tell me in a couple of simple words so that I understand What's that? What's coming? Sure. Uh, when I organize my thoughts around the directive, I put them in three buckets. So the directive in my mind is really a, a collection of tools aimed at reaching pay equity. So how do we then kind of get our thoughts organized? Um, we um, so I put it into three buckets. So if one bucket is focused on, you know, your pay structures and processes. So your pay structure needs to be fair. Um, your recruitment processes need to be fair. Um, prior salary history ban and then salary disclosure. Um, so you can no longer can ban employees from disclosing their salaries. So those kind of are my processes bucket. Then we have a pay transparency bucket and under the pay transparency bucket, basically there are requirements about um, information to job seekers. So information requirement uh, prior to employment. Then there is uh, requirements for your current employees. So they have right to uh, certain information. And then there's external reporting. So I put kind of all of those things under the pay transparency umbrella. And then uh, because in the uh, reporting requirements, uh, one of the things that you're supposed to do is to report pay gaps uh, by group. Um, the third bucket is the pay gap calculations. So that's how I organize my thoughts uh, yeah. about the directive. I think that helps, but I am still looking at these three buckets and I would like to know a bit if you could just take like a dive into bucket number one uh, and tell me a bit more about this pay structures and processes. What's that about? What's what does it really mean? Sure. So, um, so one thing to note is that there's still some regulatory uncertainty around the directive because um, we have the directive, but then, you know, each member state needs to put forward their own regulations that will detail some of this um, in more detail and there will be more guidance. But the directive requires you um, for your pay structure should enable I'm actually quoting from my notes, enable the assessment of whether workers are in a comparable situation um, and the value of work needs to be on the basis of objective gender neutral criteria. Um, so really, what do we need? So we need to somehow enable um, and make sure that, that there, is, uh, there are not hidden biases in our pay structure. And this 
this connects directly with the pay transparency bucket because there you have to be communicate to your employees why they're getting paid what they get paid and how they what are their opportunities for progression for example so basically if you are just getting started you should start by reviewing your pay structure right so is it fair and gender neutral uh does it align with your business strategy but then it needs also be to be transparent and explainable because that will be your team will be tasked with you know explaining and having conversations about um about um the pay structure and pay in general um so that's one thing where i would start and then so that that's under the the process umbrella so then mm -hmm. the other items as i read directive are simpler right so there is you know you cannot ask your applicants about the salary history so that's the prior salary history ban right yeah. so to get and nowadays you know that is starting to become the norm anyways but you know maybe you know make sure that your recruitment processes are updated and your, your recruitment partners are aware so that you know things go smoothly um in terms of the recruitment process, um, the directive actually states that uh, job titles and uh, job vacancies, when you advertise them, they need to be gender neutral. Um, and then there's a requirement that the recruitment process are non-discriminatory. However, there are no details in the directive of how exactly we should make sure that our recruitment processes are you know, non-discriminatory, but what you can, you know, start doing right away is to ensure that job titles are gender neutral. Um, you can revisit the processes behind creating job vacation, you know, job postings um, mm -hmm. to ensure that they are gender neutral. Um, and then just make sure that um, the last kind of item under in this bucket, the salary disclosure. So the directive bans the ban on salary disclosure, right? So then, um, one thing that is uncertain, right? So there are a number of uncertainties around the directive. Uh, one of the things that is, are uncertain um, is whether um, this will be or apply also to current contracts or just mm -hmm. you know moving forward. But at least you know it's um, you know I would think about making sure that moving forward that salary this you know ban on salary disclosure is not part of the of the employee. Um, yeah. contracts i could imagine that we're not going to be changing old contracts now looking at some company sizes i would think this is really a bit of a challenge and also the question of if you look at the eu having um now each country doing their little uh, transporting the directive into their legislation and there might be differences there but i do hope that they in some and i have heard that some talk to make sure that the differences are not too big because i mean many companies are not only in one country and then they should at least be very 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 similar uh, legislations in the countries but the the last bucket if i remember correctly from your three buckets and i'm thinking in ponds in a pond system at the moment is the actual work on the analysis so so what is that about how do they do that what do you have to look for i think the question also of of when you say structures um it's not the only the equal work, it's the equal work of equal value. And then you analyze and how do you how do you get to your gaps to find them? Yeah, so um, 
So basically, the pay equity analysis that is required by the directive relates directly to the external reporting, so which are put, it under, which are put under the pay transparency bucket. So mm -hmm. uh, one of the items that you need to report to authorities um, is the gender gap between uh, workers by category of workers. Um, so that's where the kind of the pay equity analysis comes from. So it's these pay gaps between um, in groups of categories of workers. And one of the uncertainties that we all face at the moment is that there's no clear guidelines on how you know, categories of workers will be implemented, right? But in terms of the pay equity analysis, um, you need to study your unadjusted, meaning just the gender pay gaps by in these categories. If you find that there's a category where the, of you know comparable workers, right? So there shouldn't be any gaps. But if we find a category of workers where the unadjusted gap is more than five percent, you can run an analysis that um, can explain that. So maybe you have a category of workers, but where one gender is has way more experience, and that's something that is part of your pay philosophy to pay for. Then we can run our, you know, our regression analysis in that group and see if that five that pay gap comes below five percent. If it doesn't, you need to reduce it below five percent. And then we okay. can have a long philosophy <laughs> conversation about whether five percent is the right number, which I think is way too high. But um, it is what it is. But that's where kind of the pay equity analysis comes in. So if you have unexplained gaps of more than 5%, you have a little bit of time to correct it. Um, but if you do not, then it goes into a process that is laid out in the directive of what happens then. Um, but you have the opportunity to first explain it by gender neutral factors. That's our standard regression analysis. Um, and then fix it if, if the gap is larger yeah. than that. Well, wow, that's cool. And now I have this pond system in my head and I would like to carry on talking about it, but we, I think we need to, our time's out. So we will discuss if 5% is good or not in another coffee chat. Uh, and I thank you very much. Every time I hear EU directive now, I will think of my pond system, which is interconnected and where my little employees can sort of swim through like the fish and go from transparency to structures analysis and make sure that everybody is paid equal for work of equal value, not only of equal work. So thank you a lot, Margaret. Oh God, I need another coffee after this session now. <laughs> See you Have next a great time. day. <laughs> okay. Great day. Bye. Too. Bye. -bye.